Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from the Watchdogs Radio Studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas, you are listening to Watchdogs Radio. Watchdogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center of Fathering. For more information, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. And now, here's the host of Watchdogs Radio, Keith Shoemaker. Well, hello and good afternoon on the East Coast. Good morning on the West Coast. We are back for another edition of Watchdogs Radio. This is our final edition of Watchdogs Radio for the year. We are broadcasting live on December 30th. We are at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. And uh, we are closing out the year. Another great record year for the Watchdogs program. And we are very happy that uh, that you can join us. And we know that uh, quite a few of you are listening to us in our podcast version, so uh, we would like to welcome you as well. Uh, my name is Keith Shoemaker. I am a National Coordinator with the Dads of Great Students Program, which is the Father Involvement Initiative of the National Center for Fathering. We are a nationwide program that is currently operating in over 4,500 schools nationwide, uh, which this year we will bring over 400,000 men into schools across our great country to just simply take a day off and come in and volunteer at the school for that one day, just making some huge changes in students' lives and family lives throughout uh, our great nation. Well, normally I am joined by my co-host, our senior program developer, Chris Dannenauer, at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas, but Chris is on vacation, and Eric is on vacation, and me, I never take a vacation from watchdogs, I think. But uh, last week, we were uh, blessed to have Miss Shelley Perry with us, who is the uh, national program coordinator uh, at the Watchdogs National Office. It was such a pleasure to have her on the uh, air with us. But uh, today, I have gone to my go-to guy, my guy that is always there when I need him, except for when he's sick, <laughs> um, Mr. Jim Heath of uh, KC Talk Radio in Kansas City. Jim, welcome to the program. Jim, a fellow watchdog. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, Keith? Well, good, good. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. I know you were a little under the weather last week, and uh, I'm hoping I'm not heading in that direction myself here, but uh, we're going to no, make it, it through this it, thing. It starts with the kids, you know, the sicknesses from school, you know how it goes, and they uh, like come home with it, or, or maybe I pick it up being a watchdog, too, but uh, this one went through our house really fast, and it, it got me, I was down about four days with it, it was just a bad flu, and 
you know, it is what it is. My wife unfortunately came down with it on Christmas. So it. Uh, well, well, you know, for the you know the first few years, we teach the kids it's nice to share, and uh, you know they they just carry that lesson on, and they're they're nice enough to share amongst <laughs> themselves, and then to bring it home and share it with us. So uh, I know uh, actually this uh, holiday break will kind of maybe give the flu and and everything else a little bit of a of a break to give us a break since they're not all together, but. Uh, but yeah, we're just uh it it's it's part of life, you know. So uh, anyhow, well, well, now, Jim, of course, I'm, I'm my main thing I'm I'm healthy for New Year's Eve. So, you know, of course it used to be I would uh, you know, go out in the town for New Year's Eve, but you know, being uh, you know, having, you know, younger kids, that's just kind of kind of over so to speak. I mean, you can still get a babysitter, but we choose to still spend it with our kids. I mean, it uh, you know, uh in, in back in the old day, uh you probably know this about me. I was a locksmith for many, many years, and mm-hmm. I would go out from uh, yeah, I spent almost twenty years as a locksmith. So I would go out to the you know the parting part of town, I guess you would call it, you know, where the mm-hmm. people go for New Year's Eve or anything. And I, I would I would kind of be there to celebrate, but I'd be there to unlock cars. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'd end up making like five hundred to a thousand dollars through a, through a, a day and night just hanging around that area, unlocking cars, and then going in and out of the restaurants and you know mm-hmm. visiting friends and stuff and. So, but uh, just, you know, New Year's coming up. I'm looking forward to it. You got any special plans? Well, actually, I do. I was just going to uh, mention that to you, and, and I know uh, we've talked about it this a little bit in the past. You know, I'm a, a college football fan, and even though um, the I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the two teams that are coming here to Atlanta, I got tickets to the Peach Bowl, the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, uh, the wife and the kids, we're, uh, we're going to pack up. It's a day game tomorrow. It's, uh, it's at 1230, so... We're gonna pack up and go down and do a little bit of fanfare and learn a little bit about horn frogs and uh and uh old miss rebels and I guess I'm just gonna have to flip a coin as we go in for me to decide who I'm gonna pull for because you know my team made it into the playoffs so i'm uh I'm yeah. pretty happy about that but uh we're just, not gonna talk uh, about that today we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about football <laughs> but we're not gonna talk about my team let's do that <laughs> sure sure. So uh, yeah, we've got a guest that's going to call in here uh, here in a few minutes, and uh, our guest is going to be Rennie Curran, who uh, has uh, spent his career in uh, football. He was a standout athlete with the uh, Brookwood uh, High School here in Metro Atlanta. Went on to the University of Georgia, played uh, played there as a standout, and uh, went on to uh, the NFL. And uh, now he's uh, with the uh, Canadian Football League. We're going to talk about that. But the what we're really going to talk about is uh, you know through his life and his struggles and 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 his experiences um he's written a book called free agent and uh, we're going to learn about what his vision of being a free agent is so we're looking forward to that and uh we'll have rennie uh here uh after the break so uh well jim you know we usually in this part of the show we bring on a uh, top dog coordinator from somewhere in the country we're working our way through the alphabet we've made it as far as uh Illinois, uh, Indiana, we're we're cruising through, but we're going to take a break and we're going to go to uh, we're going to hear about some schools in uh, Kansas City. What, tell us what uh, yeah, you got going on with your schools. You know, I've been a part of Watchdogs three years, and you know, I helped. Um, you know, we we we've launched it in three different schools in this area, far as uh, that I was a part of. Um, first elementary school, it just really it. It took off in that particular school. Now I hear they have about 150 watchdogs, mm-hmm. and which is which is truly amazing. So uh, you know we moved the next year just kind of across town a little bit, and, and I helped start it at another elementary school. That that's been you know better. The first year we only had about maybe 20 watchdogs, and then now it's up to about 90. 
which is very well, you know, nice. And so this year, uh, my oldest son moved up into fifth grade, so I was fortunate to help start watchdogs at the fifth, sixth grade level. And that's totally different, of course, than, you know, sure. K through four. And so we, that's going really slow. We, you know, we, we've probably only got about maybe 30 applications we had taken in. They, you know, they've, of course, been approved. And I don't think we've had maybe, you know, 10 watchdog days for the first half of the year there. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a little bit different. I did hear from one of the watchdogs that I worked there the other day with that he's at the old elementary school I was at. And he said, you know, I'd like to do five or six watchdogs a year, but it's so busy with mm-hmm. so many watchdogs there that he can't even get a second spot. Can you believe wow. that? And, I mean, that's... I, I, that, I do. That's really what it's all about. You know? Exactly. And, and you know, when you talk to administrators and teachers and, and uh, PTA people, and you tell them that, you know, we can bring a program to your, your school that's not only going to bring additional volunteers, you know, when you look at the numbers that you see, especially at the elementary level, and it and it, it does as the, the, the kids get older, you know, I'm running a program in a school that is 6 through 12. And we started out, you know, I went into that with the vision of it being, you know, the same as the elementary school. We're going to get a guy every day, two, three guys every day. Um, and it's, you know, we've, we've had that. We want to move into having more guys. But I've successfully had, you know, at least one guy a week at, uh, at wow. that school. So that's been, a, yeah. you know, a good uh, a goal to hit. Uh, we're going to come back out of our holiday break. We're going to have another Donuts with Dad here coming up uh, in uh, the end of January. Um, I'm, I'm going to be putting them on at, at both of the schools that I'm involved with. And it just, you know, gets them, you know, back in, back involved, back in the networking, keep, keep those traditions going. So, um, you know, don't, don't lose hope if you're not seeing a, a tremendous amount of guys in the older level schools. It, but it does build. And as more of those kids are going to be coming from elementary up to intermediate or from intermediate up to middle or from middle up to junior high, high, whatever your, um, whatever your program is at your local school district, um, you're going to see it becoming more and more of a tradition. You know, we're in our sixth year at, uh, at Pickett's Mill, the school where I'm at. And when we had our uh, back-to-school night, our sneak-a-peek, whatever you want to call it, you know, I had guys, you know, coming up to me and say, okay, you know, I know it's tradition. I know, you know, some of them are joking. and say, I got to do it. I know, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, they, they were coming up to me saying, you know, okay, where do I sign? I want to get my, you know, I, I'm ready. Let's get it on the calendar and let's roll. So, uh, so it's just, it's amazing the way you see it. And, you know, I've been involved in the program for six going on seven years now. And when you see, how it develops and how things work. It's just amazing. So I'm glad to, glad to see you. I've, I've kind of, <laughs> kind of shut you up there, Jim, and I'm sorry about that. No, that's um, okay. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, it, to me, one thing I did on my first day of the intermediate school after that day, I wrote out what I had done all day and gave it back to the principal. I thought, you know, you could share this with, you know, you know, future watchdogs, they're not sure about what to expect. So I literally wrote out, it was almost three pages. It came off like a little, little ebook and just gave it to him and, you know, started sending it out. And, you know, I've run into several, you know, dads are like, hey, I read that. Sounds like something I could easily do, <laughs> you know. And I, oh, yeah. I, I had to be careful when I wrote it out because, you know, we sign a uh, non-disclosure. Obviously, yes. you know, if we pick up any information, we don't share it with anybody. So I was very careful. I just kind of gave him just the, the ins and outs. There's no bad. I always say that. It's, it's sure. all good and fun. And it's just a matter of being there, and you know, and I haven't met a watchdog yet here that did it once that was not opposed to doing it again. And that's that, that's great. That, that's mm-hmm. what we want. Exactly. 
Do you want to uh, do you want to throw out the names of those schools while you're uh, while we got you here? Give the principals credit. My, my yeah yeah, Principal Randolph at uh, Eagle Glen Intermediate School in Raymore, Missouri, and then uh, Creekmore Elementary, which is uh, Dr. Jared Bellhauser, who is um, uh, both of them great principals. They've uh, really embraced the Watchdog program, uh, as is Raymore Elementary was the first one that uh, I helped. Uh, you know, be a part of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like three years ago, and uh, Mrs. Hoffman there, Miss Hoffman, uh, they, they really just embraced the program. If the principals are, you know, behind it, then it's going to go. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. So all three of, uh, in fact, all of our elementaries do it now, and so mm-hmm. do our intermediate schools, and even our junior high has started it. And uh, I hear, though, because I haven't been there, but I hear the watchdogs there, like, the kids, won't, they don't want to come near them. They're like, they see them coming, <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> darting off to you know I, I you know what's funny is the sixth graders that are here now in the intermediate school they were the ones that i knew back in elementary school yeah so this is the first crop of kids that'll be going oh, yeah. to high next year that it's, will at least know watchdogs it, it's weird how they uh they grow up you know i made the comment the other day i was looking at the kids in the lunchroom and i was like you know these are just like the kids that were here when i started except they're bigger and yeah, they are. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we're going to head into our break. We are uh, Watchdogs Radio. Uh, I am Keith Shoemaker, online with Jim Heath. And uh, when we come out of the break, I'm actually going to try to do a live uh, PSA. So uh, have uh, <laughs> have a little mercy on me go. coming out of the break. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to know what my day is really like at school? Now you can find out. You can be a watchdog for a day at my school. DOG stands for Dad's a Great Student. Watchdogs are great. They greet me and my friends at the door in the morning and spend time with us in our classrooms. At lunch, at recess, and at the end of the day, they make sure we go safe. I know my education is important to you, and I would be so proud if you could come. Madison's dad has already volunteered, and he is coming back again soon. I love you, Dad. Go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. It's true, isn't it? They grow up so fast. Carrie Casey, author and CEO of the National Center for Fathering and Father of Four, suggests a way to make the most of every week on Today's Father. Maybe you heard it during the holidays from the grandparents or other extended family. My, how the children have grown. Maybe you saw some old photos or home videos and were stunned. Were they ever really that little? Are our kids really growing up that fast? You bet. But part of it could be our perception because we haven't fully tuned in and savored every moment with them. As one New Year's resolution, consider this idea one of our trainers adapted from an email circulating some time ago. Step one, start by thinking ahead and coming up with a date in the future when your child will no longer be as available to spend time with you, maybe graduating from high school or when he'd likely start college. Get out a calendar and figure out within a week or two when that will happen 2, 5, 10, or 15 years from now. Then calculate how many weeks are left until that day. Do this for each of your children. Step two, buy a bunch of marbles. That's right, marbles. Find a clear container for each child and fill it with the number of marbles as the number of weekends you calculated for that child. 
for an eight-year-old. That would be more than 500 marbles. Then put the containers in a place you'll see just about every day. Step three, then once a week, take one marble from each container and throw it away. For this to be really effective, you can't keep those marbles. You have to toss them. That will remind you that even though you may have hundreds left, another week of your life and your child's life is gone forever. Do that every Sunday night or Monday morning, and I guarantee you'll soon begin to refocus your priorities. You'll start to ask yourself, what did I do with the opportunities I had to connect with my child, demonstrate love, show encouragement, and teach him the ways of God? Now, it could be your family thinks you're losing your marbles. Well, I believe you'll still take the lesson to heart. In today's world, we need reminders that time is precious, each and every moment. Since we're losing our marbles, let's make it count while we still have them. Because indeed, our children do grow up so fast. This is Kerry Casey for Today's Father. To get our free ebook for dads, The Five Things Every Kid Must Get From Dad, just visit fathers.com. Again, that's fathers.com. Or you can call 800 593 DADS. Thanks for listening, Dad, and keep up the good work. And we are back on Watchdogs Radio. I find that the uh, microphone works a lot better when you turn it on. So, uh, Jim, you still there with me? <laughs> I'm here. I'm just uh, hanging out. Well, I tell your, you what, that, uh, that live promo that I did was uh, absolutely awesome, even though I was the only one to hear it. So. <laughs> you were talking? <laughs> oh, I was nailing it, buddy. I, I, I was right on time. <laughs> so, uh, well... Um, we are very, very fortunate to uh, have a special guest with us today. Jim, I had mentioned to you earlier about uh, our guest today, Mr. Rennie Curran, who is a professional football player, now an author and a motivational speaker coming to us, and uh, he is going to join us today. Rennie, are you with us? And thanks for joining us. Yes, I'm here, man. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me as well. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time, especially uh, during this uh, the holiday time of year, to uh, be with us. And uh, I had a chance to meet Rennie at the uh, Georgia uh, School Council, or the, I'm sorry, the Georgia School Board Association meeting. Um, had a great conversation, and of course, you know, the first thing we want to uh, give you a chance to brag about is uh, the fact that you're a dad. You got a, a a young lady. You want to tell us a little bit about your daughter? Yeah, um, I'm blessed to have a beautiful six-year-old daughter. Her name is Ileana Curran, and uh, her mm-hmm. mother was actually, I met her mother when I was 10 years old, and she was a little uh, a cheerleader on my Little League team, you know, growing up, and started dating in high school and got to college and everything. She was born actually my sophomore year at University of Georgia and completely okay. changed my life and uh, just made me 
lot more focused than I was being in college at that time. And so it's it's been something that's uh, allowed me to grow up and uh, a lot faster and, and just be that responsible man. And uh, she's been a blessing to me. That's awesome. And, and of course, uh, you know, you and I talked about maybe uh, you being a watchdog at some point. So we could talk about that later offline and see what we can do. But, uh, Randy, for those of our listeners who may not be completely familiar with you, um, can you give us a little bit of background? I know you were a standout athlete at uh, Brookwood High School here in uh, Metro Atlanta. Uh, kind of lead yeah. us through that a little bit and see where we're getting to. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as my story goes, I can't start without mentioning my both my parents who were uh, Liberian immigrants who came here in the 80s. My mother came first and started her master's degree uh, in nursing at Emory, and that's how we kind of ended up in Atlanta. And uh, my father followed her afterwards, started a shoe repair business up in uh, Kennesaw at Town Center Mall. And mm-hmm. I was born around uh, 88, and during that time, it was a Liberian Civil War, so I never really got to see Liberia and, and everything like that, but uh, I was born in Atlanta, started playing football at the age of 10 years old, and uh, started in the Brooklyn uh, community, and I uh, had mm-hmm. an awesome league, little league coach who took me to my first Georgia game, and that's where the dream was kind of planted. Mm-hmm. So I grew up playing through Brooklyn High School, had some great years there, was able to go to University of Georgia and play with some awesome athletes like Matthew Stafford, Sean Marino, and a list of other talented mm-hmm. guys, and yeah, my junior year came, and I had the opportunity uh, to uh, stay for my senior year or leave early, and I chose to, to leave and go to the NFL. You know, at that mm-hmm. time, my family was, was kind of struggling financially. I had my little girl at that time, so a lot of different uh, factors contributed uh, to me leaving. So okay. I decided to make that leap and uh, went to the NFL. was drafted by the Tennessee Titans third round uh, mm-hmm. by Jeff Fisher and his staff, and not after, not too long after that, the lockout happens. Um, the coaching staff gets released, and so a new staff comes in. And you know how that goes in transition. A lot of times right. they, they bring a new philosophy, in, which uh, I didn't fit into. So I ended up getting released. Went to uh, Tampa Bay, and basically the same thing happened with uh, uh, the firing of Raheem Morris and um, uh, Greg Schiano being brought in. Mm-hmm. So I got released from there. Ended up taking the leap of faith and going up to Canada. And I was able to get out on the field up there and, and get some film and have some good years. This past season, uh, mm-hmm. we were the West, we made it to the Western Finals and uh, had an awesome year. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't win the Great Cup, but it was it was an awesome experience. And like I said, I was able to get back on the field and do what I love. And so now I'm a free agent once again and hoping to get back to the NFL. Okay, and we we certainly wish you uh, a, a lot of luck and uh, with doing that. The uh, now I know you mentioned uh, University of Georgia, and uh, I noticed uh, in your book uh, the forward is uh, by Mark Rick. Are you still uh, pretty close with Coach Rick? Oh yeah, yeah. Coach Rick is just an awesome man. I can't say enough about him. You know, they're in Charlotte right now, getting ready for the mm-hmm. uh, bowl game uh, today, I believe. But uh, yeah, he's just been a guy who's been a father figure from day one since I. Uh, I met him um, coming up to University of Georgia. He, I mean, what you see on TV is the same person you 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 will meet. You know, a humble guy, a guy who's very approachable. You know, a lot of times you get a guy, um, you know, especially the, the head coaches or heads of organizations who sometimes they're unreachable or untouchable. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's somebody that I can pick up the phone right now and call on and, and would give help or that I could ask for advice. And uh, he's, right. he's been a father figure to a lot of players and, I always tell people when they ask me, do, do I think, you know, Coach Rick 
uh, do I think he'll ever be fired or anything like that? And I always tell him he might be able to find a better coach um, that that's more militaristic and, and wins more games and wins championship. But you're not. It's going to be very very hard for you to find a better man mm-hmm. um, that can lead your organization. So yeah. Well, exactly, and uh, you know that's one thing. It, I've always had a tremendous amount of uh, respect for Coach Rick, even though. Uh, you know, I I may have uh, different fan obligations, but I definitely have I've seen a lot of the things that he's done. He's done. I've heard him speak. Uh, you know, and and we all have a tremendous amount of respect for him, and that's uh, that that's off. And and really for what he stands for, and and yeah. I think that's you know probably a, a bigger part of the thing, and, and a bigger part of his heart. You know, for what he does for uh, for young men, and and how he is uh, just a tremendous leader. So, uh, well, I, I did, Rennie, I wanted to, uh, talk about your book. I know you've, uh, I, I've read a little bit of uh, background on it and, and how you came to the, um, the realization of becoming a writer. Um, uh, how, how about tell us a little bit about your book and, uh, and where you're going with that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a really awesome experience just becoming an author, uh, something that was, um, just about timing more than anything. At the time that, that I began writing, I had just gotten released from Tennessee Titans. I was back home um, just the year before. I was getting not too long before that. I was getting drafted. Phone was blowing up. I had uh, you know so many things going on. Now I was back home. It, it was quiet. I was just trying to find a way to stay motivated and uh, to keep pursuing my dreams. And in the midst of all this, uh, I just began writing out of nowhere. And if you had told me I, I would have done this <laughs> even. Three years before then, I would have laughed at you because uh, I hated writing. I, I couldn't even – I was one of those guys that did not like books at all. I would hop on, you know, quick notes and read my notes mm-hmm. instead of writing, reading the actual book. Um, but at this time, uh, I, instead of training all day, which is what a lot of guys do, I decided mm-hmm. to sit down and just get all my thoughts on paper, and I just started to vent. And in the midst of writing, I realized that um, so many people would be in the same situation I was in, so many people would end up in those major transitions in life, whether it's getting fired from their job or going through divorce or coming out of college and going into the real world and just trying to find themselves. And and so that's kind of the perspective I wrote from, was just somebody who's trying to figure out life and trying to go through this journey of achieving their dreams but not really knowing where to go. Mm -hmm. And um, I took that whole approach and, and turned it to the title of my book, which is called Free Agent. And um, mm-hmm. the, the subtitle is called The Perspectives of a Young African-American Athlete. And the reason why I gave it that um, title was just because I, I didn't want to write from the aspect of, uh, from the perspective of being somebody who had a, accomplished all these things with that and was at the height of their success and had won nine Super Bowls and Hall of Fames. And now I was talking about how to be successful. You know, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to write this book from the from the perspective of somebody who is still going through their struggle trying to figure things out, some uh, yes. a place where that I feel that more people could relate to. And so I talk yes. about how to get um, get to this time of being in a no man's land or a time of transition and just how to turn that, that time in your life into a position of success. So um, a it's lot of trans- times people might, might look at the, the book cover and think it's just autobiography or just talk about football, but some of the things I talk about in the book um, are – just like imagination and dreaming. I talk about having that self-motivation. I talk about self-confidence and determination. And I talk about also success and fame, how it can be something dangerous if you if you don't, you know, um, manage it in the right way. Exactly. And I also talk about 
pride and humility, you know, how those things come into play when you're in positions where you're at your lowest points in life. And then also sure, and so many failures and all that. Exactly. So, yeah. so many people can, can take a, uh, a situation that they're in and, 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 and instead of, you know, building themselves up and stepping up, you know, they can, you know, they, they they just want to sit down and feel sorry for themselves, and that's not the time yeah, yeah. to do that. You know that 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 that's the time where you got to stand up and you know be a man yeah. and, and put yourself out there. So, um, yeah. you know that's just an amazing. I mean that that that's great that you're doing that, and and there's just so many kids out there that just need to. You know it may just take that that one little push to to get them back yeah. in the into the game. So that's yeah. uh, tremendous, tremendous. So Keith, now, our, real quick? absolutely, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, Rennie, I don't know if you're familiar. I live in Kansas City, by the way, and uh, we have a Kansas City Chiefs have a player here, uh, Tom Ali, and he has a Liberian yeah. connection. He's from Liberia, yeah, and uh, amazing, amazing story. I mean, he really, you know, coming to the U.S. I don't know if you're familiar with this whole story, but he really wanted to work hard to get into the NFL so he could bring his mother, uh, you know, from Liberia into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's just an amazing story. It just kind of. You know, hearing your library connection there reminded me of that. Well, well, Jim and uh, and Rennie, we have come to the end of the. It, it's amazing how fast this uh, this little thirty thirty minute uh, quick show goes. Yeah, it goes that. so <laughs> fast, and uh, so I would yeah, like to fun. thank so much uh, Rennie Curran, author, speaker, professional football player, and just all around great guy, and most importantly, a great dad. So, uh, Rennie, thank you for joining us. Jim, thank you for uh, throwing me the lifesaver and being my guest uh, host today. Thank you, Rennie. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Take care. Thank you for joining us in another edition of Watch Dogs Radio. Watch Dogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center for Fathering. For more information on the Watchdogs program and how to bring this great program to your school, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. Remember, the only schools that don't have a Watchdogs program are the ones that just don't know enough about us. And now for Eric and Chris and the staff at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, this is Keith Shoemaker. Be sure to join us next week. Have a great week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.